Hi friends, I'm Tierney. I'm Katie. And I'm Shelby. And we're Dead, Dead Drunk. Drunk. Welcome to our first podcast. Woo! First episode. This first is so episode. exciting. <laughs> um, we're super excited to tell you about the case of the Poughkeepsie Killer. Yeah. Let's talk about this heck and hecker. Yes, we have some uh, business to take care of first. Yes. So, I'll start. We have a fun little cocktail going on. It is called the... The White Bread Backwater. Yes. It's called that because the lovely Claudia Rowe determined that Poughkeepsie was a white bread backwater area. Which I would argue against, but the name just was amazing. Yes. So we, we had to take cocktail. advantage. Absolutely. So Katie, our mixologist, is hi. going to tell us what is in a white bread backwater. Okay, hi, I am me. I do alcohol. So what you gonna do? Is That's you why we're friends. <laughs> That's literally why we became friends, because she does alcohol. Yes. So this is a simple little little drink, so we really hope that you drink along, but if you don't drink Grab some Gatorade, because things going to get weird. And not, like, the kind of Gatorade that, like, you know. Not hooch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what you're going to do, you're going to fill up your cup with ice. And you're going to put one ounce of apple vodka. I actually created. I just took vodka, and I used New York State apples, and I let it soak overnight. Came out phenomenal. Super strong. The Hudson Valley, where our case is from, is, like, really, really big in apples. Um, there are so many really great local orchards here, so we thought we needed to take advantage of the apples. So you yeah. can use whatever apples there are in your white bread backwater town. Yeah, <laughs> you could probably buy apple vodka at the store if you really wanted to, but yeah. honestly, eating the apples out of the vodka, they were strong and like so mm. yummy. All right. You're going to take one ounce of that, you're going to pour it in the glass with ice. Then you're going to take 1.5 ounces of yellow Gatorade. Then we're going to take one ounce of blue Gatorade, pop that right on top. And then you're going to fill it up with Sprite, and bam, you got some Hudson River water or white bread backwater. backwater. (laughs) And it's It's way better than Hudson River Oh, it tastes much better than the water in the Hudson River. I've never jumped in, but I have some friends who have. It's not that great. They grew Um, another leg. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully you have your drink prepared, and we can all cheers. Yes. Let's jump in. And let's jump in to the case of the Poughkeepsie Killer. We are going to tell this case as it unfolded to the public and to the police. Some things happened in a different order, which we'll get into, but this is how the public and the police saw the case as it was happening. So the first victim that was reported missing to police was reported missing on October 24th of 1996. Her name was Wendy Myers. She was slim with short brown hair and hazel eyes. She was a sex worker, and this was known to police. She was reported missing in Lloyd, which we need to make sure we clarify, is actually in a different county altogether than Poughkeepsie. Mm. Um, Lloyd is in Ulster County, and Poughkeepsie is in Dutchess County. So the police weren't even really connecting Wendy Myers to anything in Poughkeepsie yet. They did know that she frequently worked there, but... She was not really on the Poughkeepsie police radar at this time of her disappearance. She was last seen at the Valley Rest Motel in Highland, Oof. which is on Route 9W. Do you guys want to tell our listeners anything about Route 9W? So it's a little spooky. It's like a little, like, not a little. It's a very long road with, like, small, super small towns. Like, there will be a gas station or a motel. Which one was it again? The Valley Rest Motel, which I gave it a goog, and it definitely looks like 
any murder motel that you would see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it has literally one star. So, yes. like, that's the kind of road it's, it was. Nothing's there. Yeah, and I mean, there are parts of 9W that have businesses and things like that. But there are also, like, isolated parts, which is kind of where the Valley Rest Motel is. So it's a semi-isolated part, and if this was where she went missing, there probably were no witnesses because there was not a lot around. Also, yeah. it had one star. Who else is staying? Yeah, seriously, don't <laughs> don't stay at the Valley Rest Motel. Israel Keys is just lurking. Like <laughs> <laughs> That does bring us to our next victim, which is Gina Brown. Gina was reported missing on November 29th of 1996, which is just a little bit over a month after mm. Wendy Myers. Oh. But yeah. she, again, was the first one actually reported missing in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, so Gina was born in Yonkers. Her mom described her as shy, but like a good-hearted girl. And her lovely mother, who is a kick-ass mother, Patricia. We love Patricia Barone. She is a boss-ass bitch. She was so involved in the case, and she was such a great advocate for her daughter. Yeah. And she is just freaking awesome. Unfortunately, she died in March of this year. And I was heartbroken when I saw that because we watched a yeah. lot of documentaries with her in it. And she was just an awesome, awesome woman. So yeah. cheers to Patricia. Her mother decided to move to Poughkeepsie because she wanted to give her such a great life. Now, in Yonkers at this time, it was a little rough. Now it's lovely. Love the bakeries <laughs> there. But, like, it's just, like, her trying from the start to give her a better life. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, I, I don't think anyone that lives in Poughkeepsie now would say, like, I'm going to go to Poughkeepsie to better my life. Um, it's kind of one of those places where I feel like people move and they, like, can't get out. They're just, like, in Poughkeepsie forever. But at this time, I guess this was a better place than Yonkers was for her. Yeah, her definitely. My, actually, um, my sister, uh, when my when my sister was born, my mom and dad actually lived in Yonkers, and they decided to do the same thing. That's mm-hmm. why I'm here. Unfortunately, when she was 15 years old, she did get into the wrong crowd. and Like we a, all do at 15. Yeah, basically. What were you doing at 15? Let's not talk about it. <laughs> Let's just say I was the bad crowd. Right. <laughs> no, um, no. I, I never did drugs or anything like that. Right. I was just a badass kid. So when Gina turned 21, Patricia just kicked her out. She couldn't handle it anymore, which, like, most parents would do that at fucking, like, 18. Yeah, so I don't know. I think just... she never thought that something like this would happen to her daughter. I think she thought if she, like, put her into the world, she would kind of, like, understand. Realize, I mean, like, 21 what? is... Like, I'm, I'm, well, I moved out when I went to college at 18, but a lot of people live on their own way before, and I think she thought she was making, like, the right move for her daughter and for herself, like, mental health-wise. Yeah, so I think that kicked out was definitely a wrong set of words to use. Yeah. I think maybe, like, just, like, put her on her own. Yeah. She, she moved out of their house into an apartment, and Gina went to live with a boyfriend of hers. Between the ages of 21 to 24, she was bouncing around. Uh, Patricia said that she might have lived anywhere from 10 to 12 different places in those couple years. I haven't moved in like three years, right? Yeah. But moving is such a pain in the ass. Yeah. The fact that she moved at least like 10 times in this period, like that is a freaking nightmare. Like, I'm assuming she moved with like a garbage bag yeah, of belongings and you would move with three U-Hauls. So. <laughs> You're not wrong. I have a lot of crap. So when she was 26, she did have a daughter, Nicole. Um, so that that was that was the thing, and that just makes this all so upsetting. But regardless, unfortunately, she did have a super bad drug habit, which did force her to the streets. 
and it's just super, super hard. But she got that drug habit when she was about 12. So that's mm. just fucked. I can't imagine. Like, what was I doing at 12? I think I said my first curse word when I was 12. Not gonna lie. At the lunch table. I was a badass kid. I, I was separating curse words. Guys. Like, if you said f and then k, it was okay. Oh, yeah. Or, like, my cousins always used to censor themselves. They would go f. And we're like, oh. Guys, I would. Okay. I don't give a f. <laughs> I was stealing vodka from my parents and like going to get drunk in the middle of a field at teenage school. Oh, no. Like, that's I was that's what happens when you're drunk from a kissy. Mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I did find Ooh. Jesus, so blessed up. Gina was last seen in a corner in Poughkeepsie having an argument with some saying unidentified man, but it was we we pretty sure based on her research was her boyfriend at the time. Wait, Shelby loves the name. Go ahead. Byron Kenilworth. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Who are your parents? I want to ask them just a few questions. Ooh, I just, I love the name. I just, it's uh, so strong. I got a thing about names. It's like, it's like, my name's Byron. <laughs> I like to lift weights and fuck bitches. <laughs> I feel like that name is just like the name version of blue cheese. Ooh. It's just so strong. Right, I'm imagining like a really skinny machine gun Kelly looking guy going like, ah, my name's Byron. <laughs> Byron actually was the one that went to Patricia's house and was just like, hey, have you seen Gina? And Patricia, her mother, was just like, hey, who the fuck are you? And Byron yeah. was just like, I'm her boyfriend. He said, my name's Byron. And she said, what? <laughs> she had like, never met him before. And yeah. she was kind of like, it's not like Gina to like leave. She's always around. She doesn't go anywhere. So if you haven't seen her and I haven't seen her, we have an issue. So Gina went missing on November 29th. She was not reported missing until December 9th, which was a considerable time later. Um, so this led the cops to suspect that Byron was involved because I don't know about you guys, but if my like boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever went missing in November, I would probably not wait until December to yeah report them missing. But like, keep in mind these two people like they were bouncing around. They did have drug habits. Yeah, like it was just they did have a fight too. So it was kind of like maybe she needed some time to cool off. And so that's also what led police to really suspect her boyfriend because... He waited so long. He waited a really long time. But when he did end up going to the police, they questioned him. He agreed to a polygraph and he passed with flying colors. Um, Now we don't really take polygraphs as seriously as they did back in the 90s. Mm. But back then it was kind of like you pass a polygraph, you're innocent. It's at this time that Bill Segrist is appointed as a new detective in Poughkeepsie and he becomes the lead detective on this case he's working with a man named Skip Manan who was already in Poughkeepsie and when Bill got there he kind of filled him in on what was going on um and they needed to decide what they were going to do about it yeah and that spoiler alert took them a super long time to figure (laughs) it out but you know hey like yeah that's your prerogative and keep in mind at this time badass bitch Patricia decided to ask, like, plead to Poughkeepsie Journal, which is a huge advocate for, like, news stories in Poughkeepsie and the Hudson Valley as a whole. Yeah, the Poughkeepsie Journal is, like, the daily newspaper of Poughkeepsie. They are Ron Burgundy. Whatever your daily newspaper (laughs) is, that's what the Poughkeepsie Journal is to Poughkeepsie. Yeah, so Patricia asked them, like, pleaded to them to run a story, and they were just like, nah. Yeah, they believed (laughs) at this time that these two missing women were not connected. Again, Wendy was reported missing in a different county, so maybe that's part of why. Um, but they were just kind of like, it's not connected. Like, there's really nothing we can do. Sorry. 
we will get into later how long it took them to run this story. Um, but maybe if they listened to Patricia, some of these victims would have um, been alive. So um, our last couple of victims, Wendy was 30, Gina was 29, and our next victim, Kathleen Hurley, she was 47. Yes, and she was the next one to be reported missing. She was not necessarily the next person to go missing, but she was the next one that was on police radar because of when she was reported missing. Yeah, when was she reported missing? It was January 11th, I believe, of 1997. Then, Some of these dates might be a little bit off. But based um, on our research, yeah. In the area of January of 1997. So Kathleen was small build. Ah. Brown hair. Fuck. Yeah. Do you notice a pattern? Because <laughs> I do. Um, she was said to have roomy eyes, which I had to Google because I didn't know what that meant. Um, but it just kind of means her eyes were watery. Um, she had thin lips and a strong jaw. And That's Shelby, true. I thought of you when I read the descriptions that her brother did an interview. And he just described her as a voracious reader. He talked about all the different authors that she got him into and how she just loved books. Mm. Oh shit! That, that sounds that sounds like me. Yeah. Although I did I did ruin books for my brother. I didn't <laughs> I you were like, up. this is what happens in the end. Oh, <laughs> he he reads at such a slow pace. I ruined Deathly Hollows for him, mm. and he won't let me live it down. Although I to be fair, yeah, no, don't. That's he can he can harp on that forever. Yeah, he's allowed. Kathleen was described as having lesbian lovers, which. I oh, mean, good for you. I guess it was the 90s at this point, so maybe this was super interesting to them. Now that it's 2019, it's just kind of like, oh, cool. Like, we don't you. give a fuck. Which Why is that even love, in the but, research? Yeah. Um, I don't care. Love who you love. She was, like Gina and Wendy, a sex worker. She had relationships with women, but most of her clients were men, like yeah. our suspect. Um, and she was living with one of her quote-unquote lesbian lovers at the time. But they had a fight, and she moved all of her stuff out. Mm. So that woman wasn't really looking for her. She was like, all right, she's gone. Um, she, she didn't expect her to come back, so it wasn't that strange that she wasn't hearing from her. Yeah. Uh, her family did report her missing three days after her disappearance. That's going to bring us to our next victim, our next known victim, which is... Kathy Marsh. She was 31, so we're going kind of back to a, a younger victim. She was reported missing after Kathleen, but she was said to actually have gone missing on November 31st of 96, yeah. which, if I can remind you, was actually two days after Gina Barone. Oh yeah, so, so that was a really, really quick turnaround for this killer. Yeah, so, uh, again, can we just get a timeline of exactly from yeah, so the beginning If to we're the a end? little bit confused. So Wendy's reported missing on October 24th of 96. Gina is reported missing in December of 96. Mm-hmm. Then Kathleen is reported missing in January of 97. Mm-hmm. Kathy Marsh is reported missing after in, that. Yes. I don't I don't have mm-hmm. a date here. But so, she actually went missing before Kathleen. Yeah, yeah. It was just that she was reported missing about six weeks after. So six weeks from the end of November is mid-January that she's reported missing. Yeah. So it was a while. Um, He only waited two days? Yeah, he only waited two days this time. We actually do have a lot of background on Kathy Marsh, though. She was actually born in Schenectady, which is 
up in the Albany area, so about an hour and a half from Poughkeepsie. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was born prematurely, and she was only four pounds when she was born. So this will suggest to her appearance later in life. Can you guess what she looked like? She had brown hair and a small build, which is terrifying because that's me. It literally, like, if anyone was going to describe you... It would be this, except I'm not a sex worker. And you have, like, more tattoos than these women. Yeah, so... (laughs) So maybe you're not his type. (laughs) Kathy is a badass bitch. Yeah, she she is. Because she was known to be feisty. Mm -hmm. She set people straight. And she did not take any shit. No shit was taken. Yeah. No garbage bag, walking Mm -hmm. the dog. (laughs) Yeah. She was also an athlete. She played basketball and softball in high school. That you. I know. Literally me. (laughs) Add volleyball and that's me. Um, And she went to SUNY Geneseo for school. Neat. And it's reported that this is when she first started using cocaine as a freshman. And then she became addicted. And it was kind of all downhill from there, unfortunately. That's so sad. Yeah. Um, So she did have a police record. Uh, she had been arrested for drugs and prostitution in the past. Mm. Um, she had very brief relationships with men, but she did have two daughters named Grace and Erin. And this is going to make her cry. <laughs> she, Wait, um, can I just do a pause real quick? Yeah. Get your wine glasses out. Fill up that cup. Because you ready? Mm. Cheers. Oh, that was a good one. Chug it, chug it, chug it. I'm not kidding. We're chugging right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a, let's take a second. Mm. Okay. So she ended up putting her children up for adoption because she realized that she was an unfit mother and wanted them to have a better life. Snaps for her because it's the hardest thing to do. That's super hard. Like, I was actually adopted. Mm. And the things that adoption does for families is, like, so incredible. Uh, my mother and both of my aunts couldn't have children, so I was adopted and my cousin was adopted. And it's just really, really awesome. So not only did she realize that her children deserved a better life than she could give them, but she gave, like, this beautiful gift to these other people, so that's... Oh, no. I'm crying. Really awesome. <laughs> I know. It's, like, my, so incredible. Yeah. My sister literally just adopted a son in January, mm-hmm. actually late December, like... So I am, like, just so moved by this, mm-hmm. and it's really freaking awesome. So she was a strong bitch. She, yeah, yeah, so when this was going on, she did decide to try to get herself clean. So she did come to Poughkeepsie to a drug clinic. Right. She, and this was her attempt at, like, I need to turn my life around. Like, I just had to place my you know. daughters with a new family. I need to get my shit together, and she did. Yeah, um, so she, she started taking classes at a SUNY school here, which is like a community, quote-unquote, college, at Duchess, and she was turning her life around. She was mm-hmm. doing well. She was doing great, and then... Unfortunately. She fell off the wagon, she decided she needed coke, and she had to go to the streets in order to survive. Um, to afford her drug habit, she started being a sex worker again. Um, and she was reported missing by her mother six weeks after her disappearance, which we already spoke about. Um, um, pause right here. Another. This is pretty fucked up. So if you are triggered by pregnant, horrible things happening, please skip over this. About just that press 15, that thirty button yeah, or fifteen whatever. or thirty, whatever you're on. Um, but she was <sighs> pregnant with her third child when she was reported missing, and spoiler alert, was murdered. Um, the reason they know this, it, it was a new pregnancy, but. 
she had just gone to a um, a prenatal clinic to get counseling. Um, so that's why we know that she it wasn't like she wasn't showing or anything, but it was a new thing, and she was going to have a third child. Yeah, and at at this point, right, it was now that I know this is confusing, but Wendy's boyfriend decided to go to the police for help because he suspects foul play. Yeah, he's thinking like, all right, Wendy's been missing for a while. There's no way that she would go on her own accord and not be back by now. Um, but when he did go to police, they didn't take him seriously. What? Nothing. This is the problem. Yeah. Because if you have priors, they're not going to take you seriously. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though if you're out on the streets, you're going to see it first. Right. Yeah, exactly. You're probably the guy to trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so he had been in trouble with law enforcement before. So they kind of brushed him off. They were just like, yeah, okay, buddy, like, get off the drugs, like, go, you know. And he was really trying to help out his girlfriend, but... They were dicks They were not hearing it. Yeah, so that is going to bring us to our next known victim, which is... Mary Healy Giacone, and she was 31. She was reported missing in February of 97, so this is one month later. Yeah. Can you guess... What this woman looks like. Ah, motherfucker. She's short. She's short. Slim. No. Brown eyes, brown hair. Um, She did have a scar on her left cheek. I didn't find anything about maybe, like, how she got this, but it was a defining... It's probably a great story. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I would love to hear it. Um, But this was a defining characteristic of her. She also was a previously convicted prostitute. Um, but she did also have a normal job. She worked at a healthcare center in Beacon as a nurse's aide. And she attended church regularly. I love Beacon, too. (laughs) Placed over donuts. If you're in the area, get the donuts. They have a make-your-own custom donut place. It's the most delicious thing I've ever tasted. Beacon. Don't even get me started on Beacon. Freaking love it. Uh, love Beacon's it. like the tiny paradise over here in Dutchess County. Oh my god, it's just it is. This tiny little... People yeah. describe Beacon as like the Brooklyn of the Hudson Valley. Oh, it's like yes. definitely up and coming. There's like lots of hipsters there, but it's like super cool and it's a really great place to go for like the day just to hang out. It's in between that space where all the hipsters are there and they're coming, where it's like not super expensive yet, but it's getting there. It's getting there, yeah. <laughs> okay, so she was not reported missing until... Nine months later. Mary? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And actually, it's a really, really sad reason why she was reported missing at this time. Um, She may have not been reported missing for longer if her mother had not died. Mm -hmm. And when her mother died, she didn't show up to the funeral. And she was super close with her mother. Not that they talked every day, but it was something that she wouldn't have missed. Yeah. So her father reported her missing when she didn't show up, which I can't even imagine being that man. Like, I just lost my wife, and I have to report my daughter missing. It's like a crazy time for him. Um, So, she's reported missing in February. Which is super sad. In March, this is when they start questioning the other sex workers in the area. Oh, wow. Great. People first started going missing... In October of 96, so October, November, December, January, February, six months later is when they decide to question people. What are they saying? Probably, like, just scratching their assholes, and they're just like, whoa! Yeah. This is when we get our first suspect in the case. Mm. 
So Manan goes out on the streets and questions the sex workers and is asking them, have you had any encounters with a man or a woman or somebody um, that were a little strange? And that's when a lot of them keep coming back with the same name, Kendall Francois. Um, They say he's kind of strange and he's very rough with them and has been known to choke people a little too aggressively, which... You know, if that's your kink, like, go <laughs> no for it. No shaming. Not if you're choking somebody so aggressively that people are now reporting it to police that it was strange. No. Just yeah. public service announcement, um, choking during sex should not knock you out. And also consent. Yeah, consent. Hey, is that cool with you? Is that not? Okay, then I won't do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's really not hard. It's not hard. So. They now have noticed that there's a pattern. They're looking for a serial killer at this point. Our first suspect is Kendall Francois. He was a very overweight man, and he was overweight from a very young age where he was teased. Mm -hmm. Um, He didn't have many friends. I literally cannot say his nickname because it is the worst word to exist, and I'm going to take off my headphones and plug my ears. Go ahead. Stinking. Oh, it's the worst nickname of oh my all God. time. It's Stinky, the worst. Stinky. And it's like, you know how everybody has that word that's just like, I don't like that word? For a lot of people, it's moist. Yeah, trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is the S. Like, I cannot, uh, when I say I cannot say this word, I cannot say it out loud. It just, it bothers me that much. But anyway, I digress. He played football in high school. He was described as a curious, diligent, and affable young man by a man named Mr. G. You can find his full name online, but we decided not to include it in this podcast. Um, He said he had great critical thinking, good rationale, and no signs of emotional disturbance. Um, He had one rift with him because Mr. G lost a considerable amount of weight, and he said that Francois felt betrayed by this. Oh, my God. And he made derogatory comments to him. Which, like, pause. If your friend is, like, going out there and doing whatever the fuck they want to do, support. Unless they're getting, like, you know, getting sick. If they're doing anything horrible. An overweight teenager who felt that he found a companion in an overweight teacher. Yeah, like, he could suck He doesn't. Well. And now all of a sudden he's not there. You know, I can see where he might be upset. I kind of get it. But I think that, yeah, it's definitely irrational. And it it was a little more than um, what was normal. Um... So he ended up joining the army, but was discharged again because of his weight. So this was like a huge thing for him. Yeah. Um, and then he was working in a middle school as a hall monitor. He was promoted from a custodian to a hall monitor. Woo. So that was going on for him. So this is where Nancy Miles comes into play. She was a known sex worker in the area. Mm-hmm. And police asked her to wear a wire and to talk to Francois. He was their number one suspect at this point. And they wanted him to incriminate himself. But they told her, no matter what you do, do not get into this man's car because they didn't want her to become a next victim if this was their guy. Yeah. Um, so she had conversations with him while wearing the wire, but she was standing outside the car and he was in the car. And not only did he not say anything that was of value to police, but the mic really didn't pick up any of their conversations. So it was just kind of like... Like, yeah. Um, so the next woman that's reported missing is named Michelle Eason, and she's 27 years old. Um, this is in September. And she, we don't have a lot of information on her, and we will get into more about her in um, the second part of our um, episode. Um, she was last seen on Main Street in Poughkeepsie 
people don't know if she's connected or not to this yeah, serial it's killer. Like, kind of like There's a little... A, it's really up for debate, so yeah. we will talk more about her in episode two. Um, but we just wanted to point out that this is when she is now reported missing, and she is on the police radar also as a possible connection, but we're not sure that she is. December 14th of 1997. Uh This is over a year since the first woman went missing. And Mm. Pat begged them to run a story. Right. The Poughkeepsie Journal finally publishes a story called Is There a Serial Killer Loose? Which I read as... Is there a serial killer loose? I had no idea. No, yeah. no, like I'm sorry. Patricia? How many victims do like, we have at this point? If wow. we include Michelle, that we have six missing women at this point. So the fact that it took them until December of 1997 to run this story is honestly insane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So when the Poughkeepsie Journal publishes this story again, more people start talking about Francois as a possible suspect. But another suspect does come up. Um, it is a man named Mark King. Who is Stephen King's cousin. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, but he sucks. And he's as fucking gruesome as Stephen King. Probably worse because this is real and it's yeah. fucked up shit that he has done. So, Mark King has an extensive criminal history, which obviously is like a lot of red flags, like puts up a lot of flags for police. He has been convicted of assaults, of rapes, and has known connections to murdered women in the past. So keep in mind, this is a year after the first woman goes missing. Mm -hmm. And then they're just like, huh, I guess this guy kind of fits in. Right. Um, So at this point, Mark King is in jail in Poughkeepsie. Want to know why? I wonder Mm -hmm. why, Tierney. Mm -hmm. Please tell us. He was there on a charge of patronizing a prostitute. Huh. Mm, very interesting. So, like, why is this man just coming up now? Yeah. Probably because they didn't run a story about him. Mm. Um, so, they find out that he's being released from jail at midnight. And so, Seagrist and Manan are like, let's, like, let's go get him. And they're like, we're going to meet him at jail when he gets out. Mm-hmm. And I hate to do this to you, but you're going to have to listen to our next episode if you want to find out what happens when they confront him. You gotta tag along. So now we have six missing women. We have two suspects. And one half of the podcast that still needs to be recorded. Yes. So, and um, so we're gonna hit you back. Um, I think we might repost the recipe on our story for our cocktail so you can drink along. I don't think we're gonna do a new one for the next episode because it's the same case. Make a huge batch of this and... Just Make a huge batch of white bread backwater yeah. <laughs> so we can continue with the Poughkeepsie Killer. Yes. yes. All right, so, so thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed our first episode. What? So before we go, um, I pulled up a quick BuzzFeed quiz for us to take. Oh, that sounds fun. I'm going to post the link um, on our Instagram. So if you want to take it as well, you can. Um, in honor of Hipster Beacon that we touched on. I found one. It's a would you rather. It's called, this is the toughest hipster food would you rather you'll ever take. So I'm going to go through and we'll talk about which one we would rather. All right. So choose a fun ice cream. We have an ice cream donut sandwich where it's a donut and there are scoops of ice cream in between. There's two donuts? No. So one donut. Yes. There's two, two donuts. 
One is the top bun, one is the bottom. I guess they could have cut it in half, but I don't We used to do this when I worked at Dunkin' Donuts, and then we made it um, a breakfast sandwich, so it was like don't, glazed donut, bacon, egg, cheese, Ooh. donut. The breakfast sandwich sounds really, really good. Yeah, it was really, like, <laughs> sticky, though, but it was well, delicious. Well, yes, yeah. so it's not... Um, so it's an ice cream donut sandwich or an ice cream freak shake. Katie, do you want to tell them about that? Because I didn't know what this was until a couple days ago when you told me. So a freak shake is basically, like, a milkshake, but they're just, like... Yo, like, after weed got legal in Colorado, they are just like, yo, let's put an entire fucking cake on this milkshake. And, like, they put bacon, they could put fucking wings on it. Like, it's just a real freak shake. It is a milkshake that they blended into a blender with... No. And then they just top it with crazy shit. Yeah, so it's a regular milkshake. And no. they top oh, because I've had a milkshake where I was like, no, put bacon in that blender, put it in that milkshake. I wasn't so, feeling so great that shall day. Be? I was like, make me that bacon We'll hang over. Yeah, so I'm... Maybe tomorrow morning we'll have that after the filming. Yeah, so I am going to go with the ice cream donut sandwich because my boyfriend lives in England and he came here and we were chilling in bed really drunk and he was just like, I want dessert. And I was just like, me too. Mm. And he was just like, I'm going to do donut sandwich. And he says till this day that it is the best thing that he's ever put in his mouth. All right, yeah. I'm also going to choose the donut yeah, sandwich. Yeah, no, donut sandwich. I think that just sounds so much better. Freak shake is just Ooh, terrifying. Interesting. So only 29% of people agreed with us. 71% would say the freak shake. No, oh, they're, they're oh. basic ass bitches. Right. You could put bacon on your donut and mm. then you have bacon still. So we can choose... Uh, <laughs> Trendy latte. Right, so one is made with charcoal and it looks like black. No, no. Absolutely. And the other one, well, listen to your other option first. The other one is a beetroot latte that's bright pink, but it's like made of beets. Oh, they're all terrible. Both of them are terrible. I'm just going to scroll past this. I'm going to do charcoal. I'm scrolling. charcoal. You're going to drink charcoal? Yeah. Like a coal miner? Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. I guess it would like whiten your teeth a little bit, but like... Yeah. I'm going to be the Dwight Shrew and say beets. I'm okay with putting charcoal on my face, but not inside my body. Mm. But And I've had beets, and they're pretty good, so I guess I'll, I guess, yeah, yeah, I'll go with beets. Fuck y'all. Bears, beets, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Ooh. Ooh, this one. I already know. An exciting breakfast. We have a lox bagel. It has some capers on it. Mm-hmm. It has some onions. Looks like an everything no, bagel. No, done. Don't even yeah, have to give fuck me whatever is The next. other one's a rainbow bagel. No, fuck, yeah. I don't give a shit about Bye. the rainbow bagel. Yeah, no, you're give right. Give me the love. fish. <laughs> oh my god, I love, I have so much smoked salmon in my fridge, and I oh. sometimes feed some to my cats. They love, I love bagels and locks. All right, next one is a healthy drink, either green juice or kombucha. Green juice. Green juice. Kombucha? Shut up. Kind of tastes like feet. I don't know I what agree. kombucha is. When they gave it to me, it was like a free thing on my grocery delivery thing that I did in L.A. And I was like, Ooh. nope, I didn't order this. And they said, no, it's for free. And I said, no, no, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. You can have it. I don't need it. You can have it. And, and finally, finally, pick a colorful mermaid treat. I don't oh. want to. So we're back to the freak shake, but mermaid this time. No. Or mermaid toast, which... Ew. I really not tell you what is on this toast. It literally looks like they spray painted a piece of toast with like <laughs> pastel colors and put some glitter on top. You ever I, see the commercial with those kids? It's like, Mom, we made you princess toast. And she's just like, what the fuck? I don't know what's in princess toast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that, literally what this is. Can you I choose don't want neither? Of those. Neither. I'm honestly not into this mermaid thing. You yeah. know? Like the colors are pretty and like definitely take an Instagram, but 
It's like too. Sweet. Like mermaids are cool, but if you're not being the mermaid that's like singing so that men drown, like that you can pull men to their death, then yeah. you're not being a good mermaid. Unless yeah. you're yeah. a mermaid that's swimming in the Hudson River of like red backwater for Kipsy, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, I don't want to talk right. to you. On right. that note, we're gonna say goodbye, mother. Bye, mom. Bye. 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 And she was described by her brother as a voracious reader. Oh, shit. That you. It's literally Shelby. <laughs> I thought of you immediately. I was like, oh, shit. They're going to yeah, take no, friends. sounds like me. They're going to take both of you, and I'm just going to be sitting here like, oh, I had friends once, and then they got killed. <laughs> um, getting way up there. So. They also have a place that has um, wine-infused ice cream. <laughs> what? And, oh, my God. At the creamery down by... Um, down by what's the coffee shop called on the corner near the Bank Square. Center? Bank Square. Right across from Bank Square, they have a creamery where they have wine ice cream and they also do boozy milkshakes there. Oh, the taco and, place is right there too. Oh, you geez. get everything you need right there. Yeah. Bank Square, coffee, tacos. Just go cream. there, get the ice cream. Uh, one scoop of ice cream is like a beer, they say, like in alcohol wise. Oh. <laughs> so you could just eat a tub of ice cream and get. Plaster. We should do that for one of our cases. We should cover like a killer in like Alaska or in Antarctica or something, and like there's like a seal in Antarctica that killed a ton of ice man. Ice cream. (laughs) That's probably a good like career choice not to be a sex worker. I I mean, I really support you. Money out there, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Between all the websites, between all the websites, between like just small things like freaking Snapchat premium, like all of that stuff. (laughs) People are making money. Yeah. Yeah. While we're drinking backwater, somebody on Instagram is selling her bath water. People (laughs) are buying it. Yeah.